Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business, but without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Mann. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning. Morning. So in recent episodes, we've been talking about how to recruit A players. The process starts with a great job advert, and this is followed by a series of steps to see if, a, uh, if candidates are a great fit for your company culture and whether they have the right skills for the role that you're hiring into. When you put it all together, it can be a little daunting. If things go well and you get a lot of job applicants, how are you going to manage this? And are you going to need an expensive recruitment tool to make it work? This is a challenge that we've faced ourselves. So after creating a job advert, which turned out to be very effective, we received well over a thousand applicants and had to get our process in shape in a very short period of time. So on today's episode, we're going to share some of the lessons that we learned and a simple but effective way to start managing your recruitment process. So Paddy, what was the pain we were trying to solve when we updated how we manage our recruitment process? Cool. So when it came about, we were essentially looking at our entire end-to-end recruitment process. We knew that we weren't doing it as well as we could be before. And we knew that we wanted to raise the quality of candidates we were bringing in, particularly when we had to reach outside of our local networks where we could get uh, you know, referrals or references from, uh, from friends, family, previous colleagues and so on. And so we were looking at kind of revamping that that whole area. And so in doing that and doing the research about how good recruitment looks, we understood that it does involve quite a bit. It involves a series of steps. It doesn't work to uh, simply have a single interview or review their CV and, and then make the best hire. You both need to make sure you get a good uh, a pile of candidates at the start of it and then you filter them down effectively so that we can find out do they uh, have the right skills for the job? Are they a good fit for our culture? And in doing so, it a, initially it becomes a bit daunting because you, you see all these steps and you go, oh, wait a minute, we're going to need to understand what questions to ask at each stage. We're going to need to understand how to follow up each stage so each of those uh, stages kind of links one into the other and that some people will get rejected, some people are going to get moved forward, some people might need a discussion to decide what to, to do with them. And we needed to get a system in place that would work and would be easy to repeat each time. So we were looking to uh, make the process much, much better. So we got uh, A players coming out the end. We were looking to make it uh, a process that we could do consistently so that it was easy for us to run and fair for the candidates that we were assessing. And this became incredibly important when suddenly we got a thousand people in the in the door. We might be interviewing people weeks apart, having had... Yeah. you know 20 other discussions in the meantime and we needed to be uh clear that the way that we were reviewing the the 20th one and the first one was the same but it it doesn't really matter even if you do not on a small scale it it makes it so much easier and so much more uh confident for you if you know that that's what's um uh happening mm-hmm. we knew that this could completely derail the team so we had to make everything really you know time efficient both for uh us uh and for um uh and for others and we needed to move quickly because um we were why were we hiring because we are very busy we are really strapped for time and we needed additional resource so completely derailing the team either to set up the process or to 
uh, manage the process was something that we wanted to avoid as much as possible. Yeah, nice. And so uh, when we were in that situation, there are loads of different options of what we could have done, uh, including say like, oh, you know what, this is too much. Let's just try and outsource this whole thing to someone else uh, or another company. But of course, then it's like you've still got to set the expectations of what you're looking for and like that takes up a load of time plus there's uh, a lot of cost and it doesn't uh, you might still have the same problem so you don't want to outsource a problem like this there's so many different ways we could have approached it so at a very high level take us through what what did we do and then we'll kind of go into more detail but let's start with the high level of so what, what was our approach cool so you, you you're right uh two of the things that we we didn't want to do well one thing we didn't want to do was invest a huge amount of money in it. We we were a growing company at the time. We were budget uh, conscious. We didn't have the the budget to go and outsource the whole process to an external consultant. And I think actually on the one occasion that we did, we had tried that once before, and it hadn't led to uh, brilliant results. It had led to us getting five candidates of a quality we could have easily found ourselves, which wasn't yeah. enough to to go through the funnel. So we we had didn't have confidence in kind of outsourcing it and didn't want to spend the the significant uh, amount of uh, cost that that would have had. We also uh, didn't have the budget or, or the the case to to find a specialist recruitment tool. There are many out there on the market. They're called application tracking systems, um, but they they cost a fair bit. And unless you are dealing with a large volume of candidates going through the process on a very regular basis, there just isn't a good business case for investing in that. So what did we do instead? We uh, used our favorite tool for documenting any type of uh, process. And when we first set this up, this was another tool. But nowadays, we're certainly uh, we're using Air Manual, our own tool, uh, and we would uh, certainly recommend anyone doing it. That Air Manual is a great place to to start. Yeah. Um, and what we we do is we look at that um, that end-to-end process where you've got these different steps, and we break those down into into steps or stages in the in the checklist and just guide someone through. Now that gives you the kind of high level, so you can see the first step is to assess someone, and at the end you might do you know you're going to be asking for references and so on. But then we go a, a level deeper. So within each of those stages, we actually define what questions are we going to ask and how are we going to score the candidates in a fair way and at this point we've got uh, some instructions which are easy for us to replicate time in time out uh, easy for us to test and, and you know the first time we do it with some candidates we, we're we're both uh, assessing those candidates but we're testing whether or not the questions are really getting the results yeah. we want and then we can tweak it in the instructions and know that from that point onwards any changes are going to be uh, embedded into the process and then as soon as uh, things are, are working smoothly, it allows us to delegate those individual uh, stages um, either to people in our team or to uh, outsource it. But instead of using an expensive recruitment consultant, we'd be using a, a virtual assistant uh, uh, for a low kind of hourly hourly rate. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's great. And, and you talk about there the um, one things that we had to do was to break the process down into stages. Um, partly so that we could communicate it to candidates, partly so that we could um, delegate parts of it, partly that it kind of had different stages. So um, take us through what are the what are the stages uh, in each part of that that recruitment process? So, um, uh, you know, right, we've obviously got the we've got the jo- job advert there. 
people are now going to start to apply, take us from there right through to uh, essentially making an offer and signing contracts and so on. All right. So I'll, I'll use our own uh, process to illustrate it. You may need to tweak this for your own company. You may need to tweak it for individual roles. But this is a, a kind of a, a format that w will and can and will work for getting really high candidates through uh, through to the end of the process. The first thing that we, we're doing is in that job advert, we've got a link to apply. And that link is not asking them to send their resume in or giving them an email address to contact. It takes them directly to a form where we ask them three, three questions, which helps us to see, can they communicate well? Are they going to put some effort into the application at all? And the questions we choose help us to see if this person could be a good culture fit. And we've got an entire episode on why uh, we would heavily recommend avoiding CVs and instead using these three questions as a way of saving you time and actually do a much better way to, to, to start the process off and start filtering people down. So that's the first thing we're, we're doing. We're using this form as a way of assessing culture fit and we'll have instructions to our internal team on how to review those and score it. We're then doing a second assessment on skills fit. So it's another exercise they do before they have an interview with us because interviews are quite time consuming for both us and them and therefore expensive. Um, we're doing an assessment where we go into more detail on specific skills that we're looking for. And this will of course vary depending on the, on the role. And it's another podcast episode that we've already covered with examples of how that could work for sales and engineering and yeah. you'll be able to understand how that can be applied. Then we'll run the first interview, which we'll be doing uh, looking at culture fit. There will be a second interview where we look at role fit and we split up those two interviews because it's uh, more time efficient. We don't want to have a really long interview um, that requires a lot of time, but both for us, for them. It also means that we can uh, assign the best people on the team to do it. It doesn't need a, uh, a specialist to do the first interview. It can be anyone. So, And I guess particularly, and particularly if you can filter someone out with part of it like you don't want to have to do the do the whole lot instead you've, uh, you've split it up into stages so that uh, there's not that expectation which uh, is powerful nice okay perfect so yeah at this point we've we've uh, assessed for uh, culture fit assessed for skills fit done a first interview again for culture fit done a second interview now looking at role fit again looking at skills then there may be some additional tasks um, because we have to find just doing an interview doesn't give us full confidence that they're able to do this job and um, we gave some uh, examples in our, our previous episode about how you could be testing in sales by asking them to do uh, uh, calls with a fake customer or sending emails or an engineer might do a little mini project where they take a feature end to end. Once all that's done, you should now be uh, confident that the uh, candidate is aligned with your values and has the key skills that you're looking for. Mm. There's a few final checks that you're going to need to do before you make the hire. Uh, one of those is references, and uh, this is something that I think everyone knows you meant to do as part of your recruitment process. Yeah. It's really, it really is important. You do want to uh, make sure you're talking to people that um, ideally have kind of both worked with and managed uh, the person that you're hiring before, mm -hmm. and you do want to take it as an opportunity to interview and kind of find out how did they act in certain ways. Uh, in fact, I think we, again, in that interview, we are asking uh, how would you uh, rate this person against our core values. Yeah. Uh, and while it's rare at this point, you I mean, you've got so confident and seen their behavior, it's rare that you don't have references who basically go, 
yeah, what you've seen is, um, is, is the truth. This person is amazing and so on. It can happen and they might flag something which happened, you know, a couple of years ago or some odd case that you need to be aware of or some place where they don't handle things in a, a professional manner or whatever. And so it's a really important check. It's nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, this will be fine. But for that one time where they go, oh man, yeah, you, you need to be yeah. aware of this you will, you know, it will pay for itself so many times over. So don't, don't skip this step and don't just try and do it as a tick box uh, and, and rush, rush for it. Yeah. And, and it's an interesting one. Cause I, I think in, um, in memory, in a, over the course of us doing um, the reference checks and so on, I'm not aware of a case where we've not gone ahead with the candidate as a result of the reference check, albeit that doesn't mean shouldn't do it. Like, as you say, the one out of a hundred is, is, is worth detecting with a very quick call. But um, I like the one of the, way, one of the ways that uh, the call, that reference call is structured uh, is to include, it's essentially to include uh, questions that allow the new person's new manager to kind of get a bit of a, a, a running start on their coaching. Because one of the things that I've seen some um, uh, come up in those calls might be there's a particular value that uh, it was identified that perhaps they were struggling with, or perhaps um, uh, perhaps there was some uh, way in which that person seems to uh, prefer to be managed or engaged or whatever. And it provides that manager with um, the ability to kind of continue the person's development from their previous role. And it's really interesting because I think um, I've uh, I think without that, we've certainly had hires where without that tip off, um, the risk is that we would have maybe assumed certain things about their preference or we would have um, uh, maybe not done certain things that um, had we not done, we wouldn't have uh, been able to get them as engaged and performing as effectively. Um, it even allows us to when having a performance call, you know, one to one, like kind of talk about talk about that as a particular area um, coming armed with some of the, the kind of background. So I found that that reference call should really serve two purposes. One is the, the hygiene factor of can we just make sure that this we've not had the wool pulled over our eyes and we're making a decision here. But secondly, what are the areas of development that they've already been working on, that they need to be working on? What do I need to be aware of? How can I get the best out of them um, when I'm coaching them as a manager and found that really, really useful. So, um, yeah. So, okay. So we've, we've run the background checks. Um, uh, or sorry, we've uh, spoken to, to reference, uh, to references. Um, I guess background checks would be next because that that's a I guess it's a form of background check. But there, what are, are there any, are there any other background checks other than references that you'd expect to be done? Yeah, so absolutely, the references are a type of background check. You are mm -hmm. checking and getting confident um, by by talking to people that have worked with them. But there, depending on your organisation, there'll be other background checks that are worth um, taking. There are some which are easy enough for you to do. So you can be looking on their social media profiles. And again, it's an easy one to skip or just to go check box. But uh, why not spend five minutes just to make sure they haven't posted anything which is obscene or completely against your company values? Because if someone else in your team finds uh, that post or uh, worse, a customer finds that post yeah. after you've hired them, then that's going to cause a hell of a lot more pain uh, at every level than, than discovering it beforehand. So yeah. you can look for social media. The other things you can check for are um, 
uh, essentially doing a screening checks for uh, whether they have a, a criminal history or in, in fact, I know you, you <laughs> Alexis has uh, teed up some of, some of these before. So what are, what are the other checks? Cause I, I know there's some that we do, we do criminal history, but there are, there are many other checks. And, and then I think in um, the U S they also want kind of evidence of where you, you live sometimes. Yeah. So, and so indeed, and so it depends a lot on the location and the role that they're being hired into. And yeah. uh, it's um, good practice for the company to have a policy around these sorts of things. So uh, because um, it's not the case to say that you will never hire someone who perhaps has a criminal, uh, any form of criminal record. Like instead, what you probably expect to have in your policy is defining either are there certain types of criminal activity that are not a good fit for your organization. So um, typically in financial services, if someone has uh, fraud in their uh, background, that's uh, not a good sign. Um, and equally for in the software world where you get a lot of data um, doing stuff either on fraud or uh, blackmail and <laughs> those sorts of things um, uh, or hacking uh, can tend to be problematic. So you, you should have a policy around it generally. Um, but uh, over the uh, the very least, you want to be going eyes in, uh, eyes open, depending on what the role is. Um, and so we do vary it. So depending on whether someone's dealing with money, makes a difference as to what some of the the checks would do. But commonly, yeah, uh, criminal record checks. Um, some companies even do like drug testing. Again, depending on the company and re relevance and so on. Um, pro uh, proof of employment eligibility. So making sure that they're legally allowed to work in the place that uh, they will be employed. Um, making sure that that's uh, that's in place. Um, yeah, and you know, it's, again, it's speak speak to an HR professional or uh, do a bit of googling on the sorts of things that. Um, you should be looking at depending on your location and uh, and and role um, and uh, the role that you're hiring into, um, but those are some of the the kind of basic ones that we'd look at. Yeah, so and and don't be don't be alarmed by Alexis's uh, use of the word um, policy because what we've described mm -hmm. up to this point is basically it's a simple checklist of of stages and descriptions of the uh, the questions that you're asking. When we when we say policy at the the basic level, it's just a decision to be made yeah. on do we need to do a criminal check on everyone or not? Are there some edge cases where you're not? And you're just writing it down and just going. Yes, we do a criminal check on everyone. We do uh, drugs tests on people that are working with children yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. It's just documenting those core core and, rules in the simplest way. And what you'll do based on what you find. You know, that that's the key is like, okay, so when it comes back, if it comes back clear, then that's easy. But if it does come back with something, then what will you do? And it's... Mm -hmm. um, it's about just you know deciding, as you say, the policy is really just a decision. You've got to make a decision on what you deem okay and appropriate, and uh, uh, and so on in in your organisation, depending on role and all these sorts of things. So, um, that's uh, uh, that's all you know. Policy documents really are are decisions that you've made that uh, that you want to make sure that people are aware of and use in uh, in the ways that they work. So um, no, that's good. It's okay, so we've we've run up background checks. What 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 after that? Uh, okay, so we've uh, run the background check. So a quick recap from the top. We've assessed for culture fit, skills fit, run the first interview, culture fit, run the second interview, role fit, uh, assessed any additional tasks, might be a, a role play or doing some uh, additional coding activities. There's, we've spoken to two or more references. We've run the background checks. And now this is where we get to, to do the bit fun bit. We met to uh, make the hire. So we're going to be agreeing compensation. We're going to be agreeing a, uh, a start date, 
um, uh, and any other details about the the way that we're going to be working to together and signing signing the contracts. And that's essentially the the end to end process um, that we would be taking someone through. Yeah, nice. And it's interesting that uh, typically, obviously, right, end to end, there's a large number of candidates in the top of the funnel, and we're reducing it down and down and down as we as we go through. And um, typically, you know, we aim to have two, three, four candidates coming through to those, you know, those really late final stages. Um, and uh, yeah, with with the aim of one, we end up hiring and a couple are ones that we would hire if we had another role or when we next have a vacancy available, um, because it's good to have a backup, right? There are various reasons why your number one choice might end up not going with you, whether it's they've had a better offer elsewhere, their personal circumstances change, they join the organization, but then it turns out it's not a good fit. Like there are various reasons. And so having a couple of uh, backup options um, in the wings is, uh, is useful. Um, but yeah, having having that process really clear uh, is helpful to, as you say, make sure that you've got that, um, that consistency and you can delegate it and so on. So um, uh, we've talked about, you know, what are the stages and, and how people should go to that. Like for some people, they might not have anything in place at all at the moment, or maybe they've got something, you know, got some notes jotted down or, or, or a loose process or whatever, like... Where should anyone listening to this start? What what can they do to, to try and get some of this uh, in place? Well, uh, the easiest place to, to start, actually, we've um, created a couple of templates. One, which is to uh, essentially the, the overall recruitment yeah. process. It's called Recruit a New Employee, and that will talk about how to uh, set up the ad uh, and then kick it off and, and run that through. And then there's a, a checklist for reviewing a job candidate and you'd use this checklist for each individual candidate and it would take you through all of these stages. And what you'd be able to do is copy the template um, and you you can of course copy it if you uh, set up with a trial of uh, air manual, you can copy it into your own workspace. You can also just take the template, copy it into, into Word or whatever else if you're uh, just trying to check it out and see how that, see that, how that works. Easier in no manual. You can make updates directly, of course. Um, so take the template, and then you, you're going to need to customize it for uh, the role that you are hiring into, and work out actually when I'm assessing for a culture fit. You know, what, what are the, the questions that I'm asking? Same for skills fit, and how what are the scores we're going to use at each uh, point? And there's some pointers in the templates. There's some links to some of the previous podcast episodes where it's uh, useful for some of those uh, stages because we've gone in detail. Uh, on the uh, on the stages and i think one thing i'll flag is what you don't need need to do um if you are just looking to hire uh, for one position now and you're in a potentially a small company and you're busy as anything what you do not need to do is get everything documented mm -hmm. to the granular level all the way through. You you don't need to write that policy on how to do background checks today. You just need to know that there will be uh, a stage where you do that. And before you get there, you will need to think about it. So the, po the point is that you can actually start the recruitment process as soon as you've got two things. One is the high level view of how you're going to take them through. And the second one is the detail about how that very first step works. And that first step is basically, I guess it's a combination of the job advert and the way that you are asking the questions in a form and then reviewing those, those scores. 
the rest of the process, every bit after it, you will need to do, but you you can, and this is what we did as a small company, is you can be basically be agile and just try to stay a few days ahead of where your candidates are, are getting to, uh, which can be a, a great motivator and a catalyst to move really quickly to, to get these things in place uh, and then be able to test them quickly. It's really positive, actually, to have a, a, a small feedback loop between when you try to implement it and when you start seeing people going through it so that you can then test it and iterate it rather than doing it a few months ahead and then not really feeling like testing it iterating it uh later because you've moved on to other things yeah i love that I'd, I'd forgotten how agile we were with it actually as you say we'd got the high level but then the detail we we created as we were taking candidates through it and i remember um doing interviews and on the fly going uh, that that you know the way that we had structured that question doesn't quite work like it doesn't quite make sense or it doesn't allow me to dig and so like on the fly making some of those changes to make it work on the first two three interviews and then of course able to get that consistency yeah. across the across the rest which was uh, uh was really powerful like because as we've talked about before you don't want to batch so all of this up and get you know and end up with some bad results and then try and improve it for the next hire it's so important then that it's you, the the leader who's hiring for this role, that is te is going through it and testing it the first time. That you don't document how to do the interview and delegate it to junior resource straight away. Because, as with frankly any process, this is really important. Any process that you're documenting, you need to test it and check it's getting the desired results. And as soon as you go, I've done it four times the same way, and it, it, yeah. it's 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 perfect. It's beautiful. It's a work of art. Then. Then, uh, then delegate it and get the team in to, to support it and free up your time. Yeah, and, and of course you can delegate bits as you go along, right? It's not like you have to complete the entire recruitment process uh, a load of times over and then start to delegate. You can get some of those earlier stages in the process delegated while you're still in the process of fixing the uh, the stuff later on. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think the temptation is is for a business leader to say, well, you know, I'm essentially CEO, I shouldn't be doing HR tasks or I shouldn't be doing, you know, what is essentially a hiring manager task. But one of the key responsibilities you have as the business leader, as the business owner, as the CEO, is to set the culture and to shape that culture. And um, one of the most powerful ways to do that is being selective over who you hire and making sure that they fit your values. Um, and you, so you need to be 100% confident that, uh, that that the the values are being assessed correctly throughout the process, particularly skills also sure, um, but particularly for for that leader, making sure that people are values fit and that you've got a repeatable process to make sure that happens is absolutely key. Even if you have another team member in on the sessions or doing it the same, you know, with you or whatever, like, but you want some eyes on it for the for the first three uh, few goes through, right? So uh, no, that's really really good. Excellent. Well, we've talked about the, the pain that we had when we realised actually we need a better process for managing lots of candidates. We've talked about some of the reasons why we didn't go with an applicant tracking system or outsourcing it to some other company. Uh, and actually how relatively simply we, could, we were able to create um, a, a series of stages, a process uh, that was broken down to the stages using uh, our process documentation tool, uh, Air Manual, um, but including in there the clear questions to, to ask and, and scoring and so on so that we could uh, make sure that we, we really got A players at the, at the end of the process. Um, we've mentioned that there's a, a few resources that you can get. We'll make sure that they're in the show notes that you can access our uh, templates on how to 
recruit a new employee and also how to review a job uh, candidate. And of course, reach out if you've got any questions or there's uh, anything that would help you, just let us know. Uh, we'll happily share some of the processes that we use in our business and we can create those as templates that you can immediately get started with. Um, and as regular listeners will know, we also run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. So perhaps if you're worried about getting time to sort out this whole recruitment stuff, uh, we can show you how to free up the time and make all of that work. Typically, those sessions are every Wednesday at 1 p.m. UK time, but you can find out more and register at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. And a final note for our podcast listeners, we are a new podcast. We need your help. If you found the content today valuable, please, please just take a minute to leave an honest review. This will help the podcast get more visibility. It'll help more people. And if you're on social media, please do post, like, uh, subscribe, etc. It makes a huge difference to us and we, we really, really value it. Otherwise, until next time, have fun.